Welcome, welcome. This is Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry, King himself. And you've just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being human. And today is a special one. It's another special delivery episode. And we're talking insecure. HBO's insecure. I love it. Y'all know I love it. I did an episode back on uh, season premiere for episode, yeah, season premiere um, of season two. Um, I believe I called it um, Hella Insecure. As you see, the, the trend keeps going. This one is low-key insecure. We're keeping the theme going. So in this episode, I in this special delivery episode, I want to do something different. I want to do something special. I called on to several different friends and colleagues of mine to essentially give me their opinions and compile them. And we're going to go through all of these things. We're going to let you know exactly what I feel exactly what I feel about uh, the two, the first two episodes of this season. And um, they, the questions that I created for them were centered around the very premiere episode. But honestly, <laughs> I think they kind of still coincide with the second episode as well, just because they were so, um, just the continuation of what already has been set in place. Why the hell, what's going on with Issa and Molly? Is Molly actually becoming even more of a toxic friend has she even grown at all there's so many questions there's so many things what in the hell is going on with the tsa bay or asian bay is lawrence having a good time with condoleezza rice who knows tune in keep your earbuds keep your speakers up loud so you can hear everything that we got to say let's get into episodes because i feel like they could have just been one almost i don't know like i feel like it could have been one episode and that i think it would have been okay to do that but um because it was somewhat of a, a initiation of the storyline um we start off essentially being let, letting it be known that we're months like there's putting some type of time element and you know it's four months before the block party and um we see Issa having a phone call where on the phone call, you know, everything else really doesn't matter. But what she says that cuts through is that I don't really fuck with Molly like that. Then it jumps. And, you know, as they do with their lovely, you know, kind of a montage and, you know, B-roll of L.A. And they got some, you know, they got the boys a gun playing and all that jazz, you know. Then we jump into... Um, and then we, we jump into the story itself. The highlights of this episode that I believe are key that I think cr truly, truly um, motivated me to want to continuously 
do another uh, episode about this is because they're tackling something I think we all, I won't say we all go through, but it's a possibility we all may go through in terms of uh, those difficult moments and those trying times with our friends. I think, you know, we can write a million different stories about how often we go through things in relationships, in romantic relationships, but in terms of platonic relationships with people, um, we don't speak to those things and how to handle those things because they're a low stakes. They're low stakes relationships. They're a lot less pressure most of the time. They're uh, a lot less uh, being required of you most of the time, you know, um, because that's what friendships are for. It's for, you know, no judgment zones, similarities, for you to be able to let your hair down, be yourself, so on and so forth. But being that close and vulnerable can also present issues, present things because people grow, people change, people take on bad habits that they don't get rid of people so many different things can occur to make you get to this point so with my panel with my virtual panel i um gathered i asked everybody several questions and i'll go through these questions in just a second but overall for the first um and i'll answer i'll give you my answers you know in between um in between their various uh answers as well and see this as a very kind of like a virtual moderation. You know, I'm, a, I'm the virtual moderator for this episode. But I truly I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the the season as a whole. Um, I enjoyed the season premiere as a whole. I think, you know, I'm a type of person that goes in with pretty measured expectations. Um, I do think, yeah, it could have been more. But knowing that, knowing going into it with the knowledge that, that I know it's going to be 10 episodes, knowing that this is premiere, knowing that they came off of last season being somewhat, of, as they immediately say, a setup episode, setup season, I can only imagine how much is really going to happen in this season, how much they're really going to pump out. Because I know a lot of people was just thinking, you know, so much time has passed and this is kind of what y'all come with. You got TSA dude, you know, you know fucking up a Rubik's cube and you know what I'm saying talking about giving us some good some great some great motherfucking uh, quotables though welcome to a full size nigga is hilarious to me hilarious I don't know about y'all but that one got me cackling immediately to talk about that I immediately recognized him to be this kind of you know standby in between type of guy which you know in the second episode we see that's some that's exactly what he is. <laughs> but I do think he did have qualities that I think um Issa does need in a man in terms of being supportive, in terms of, you know, just being cool, being jovial, uh, being funny. I think she's attracted to people who are spontaneous. Um, I think she showed that being with uh being attracted to to Daniel, being attracted to Nathan. So I think she's on track in terms of uh the 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 way that it's expressed can be different, but the act that you can, you know, there's no way to just know how you're going to be. You you can, you know, be whatever type of way. I think she is attracted to that type of stuff, but also attracted to somebody who supports what she does. She loved, she loved that Daniel, you know, always seen her for the, the rapping young version of herself. And that made her feel good because they made, but also he's attached to an older version of her. Not the newer version of her, not the adult mature version of her. He was attached to the high school, college age Issa when that's really not uh, realistic. While with Nathan, he was meeting her at where she was and getting, you know, to a point of vulnerability where he was putting it in context. 
who are you now? What are you doing now? Why don't you go after life? Why don't you seek, you know, and seize life in a different way? I think that's what she was attracted to, but it's a standby, some standby shit, you know? Then cut to Molly. You need to have Molly, right? Molly notoriously has been known to be terrible with men throughout this, throughout these seasons, throughout this show. I think in this whole, these two episodes, I think in the first episode, a lot of people were on her head really for just showing seeming like some sense of stagnation. Like she really hasn't grown that much, especially because it's, you know, we know how far behind in just personal development Issa was and kind of stuck in the mud Issa was. And it's now Issa starting to pick up steam. And I think that's what a lot of people need to recognize. They still are on two different levels in a lot of ways in terms of overall. But Molly, in terms of her love life, I think she's, to me, I think she's taken several steps back. That's the way I see it. I see her taking several steps back. She has went from only having an issue with men to now having an issue at work to now having an issue with her friends to have now having still having issues with men. And it really doesn't seem like it's, you know, changed much, but I will say that with Andrew specifically, what he showed us in last season is that he's probably the first, Oh, you know, you know what? I ain't gonna say he's the first one, but I think he's the first one for her to notice that he's going to be patient with them. He's not gonna, I won't even say allow her to run, but uh, allow her to, you know, if he likes her, he's going to put that effort into showing that he's interested. And he'll, you can tell that he'll get out when it, once it makes sense, but he also noticed, to me, I think he notices that she is, um, she's been fucked over a lot and she's had a, a hard time in terms of dating and uh, he's given her a chance because he possibly see, he sees the potential in her. She's, fu- she's a fucking lawyer. She looks great. Um, she's smart. She takes care of herself. She has so many, you know, very tangible qualities that she's bringing to the table. I see why you would take your time to figure out. And, you know, you might more than like you may or may not know that she's in therapy. So it seems like, at least from a distance, that she's trying to get her shit together, that she's trying to work on herself. So I get it. I completely understand. Then we have my brother Lawrence. My brother Lawrence is uh, in in a somewhat um, interesting, precarious situation. Because his new girlfriend, Condola, is essentially Issa's mentor. And in these two episodes, we see her mentor the hell out of Issa. But we also, in the very first uh, season premiere, we discover that they now are now aware of the whole situation. I don't know how in the hell you could be working with somebody for a month and some change and you don't even blurt out a motherfucker name. It's vice versa at, at the house on some pillow talk. How in the hell does Lawrence and Condola never even say the word Issa? Never even say that, yeah, I, me and Issa was doing this. Well, we got I got to meet up with Issa. Yeah, Issa's this new girl I'm working with. Who the hell talks without names like that? That don't even sound right. That's crazy to think about. But it's possible, I guess. We're gonna. I'm gonna buy it in terms of the script, but I know, I know. I, me being a man who has been with women, you know, has had various relationships. When somebody is either bigging up because they are excited, or complaining about something around their work or something they're passionate about, the two things that are common is they are giving you details. They are talking you down about this. I mean, mechanic, Karen and accounting got on my damn nerves. And then you have, man, I love Karen. We're working on this thing together on my blog. You're going to know a name, but I'm, I'm going to just let that go. I'm going to let that go. But we have Lawrence and Condola, and Condola finds out in her own office 
by way of the mysterious, well, no, not mysterious, but uh, shysty um, Tiffany, Bud, uh, what's her name, Dubois, uh, pregnant as hell still, and I and we still ain't forgot Tiffany. You didn't, you, we don't, we don't know where the hell you was on the finale of Due North. We don't know where the hell you was on the finale of Due North. That's a problem. We trying to figure that out. Your man thinking that you was over here at Issa House watching Due North. You was not. Where was you at? I think you was with your real baby father. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to go with. That's what I believe it is. They ain't trying to give it up because if you really paying attention, then it's going to be a big reveal to you. And if you're not paying attention, then the shit's still going to be a big reveal because you weren't paying attention. Either way, it's genius. I know what y'all doing. I'm calling it out. If I'm right, let me know. I want. I'm, I'm, you heard it here first. Well, you probably heard it on Twitter first. You heard it here 33rd. Understand that. But I think um, I think that it was interesting. And I do kind of shoot her some bail a little bit because I can understand. And I can also understand that Tiffany may. It's a possibility that Tiffany just took it as, yeah, I know she's going on a date with Lawrence, but I didn't think it was going to last because why? She thought. That Lawrence, that her and Lawrence were gonna, um, that Condola and Lawrence may not really last because he kind of showed some apprehension once she said that she was a newly divorced woman. But that hence why Issa called him the comeback kid. So she's giving this, she's giving Issa details about this guy. She's talking about this guy, but she's never said this motherfucker's name. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. That doesn't make sense. In the second episode. Well, in the first episode, you have Condola who approaches in very in using her communication skills to let Lawrence know, I know about Issa. How long were y'all together is the question that she asked. And Lawrence, this is a situation that I tweeted about. This is a situation where you are going to get in trouble if you handle this shit wrong because you somewhat are already in trouble in a way. <laughs> you maybe have not done nothing, but you are in trouble. So handle this shit right. That is it. That is all. Understand me, understand me, fellas, take heed, because if he would have leaned in it too much to being on some like, oh, I love, you know, I think she, yeah, we was together five years and kind of play it off, be nonchalant, like he really don't care, you could do whatever, that would have been a sign that she might need to look into this shit. But then if he showed too much compassion, like, no, because he was about to say some shit like, uh, you know, I think, you know, she really needs this, you should just keep working with it, don't be like that, whatever, whatever, then it's like, how do you know that? Are y'all still in touch? How do you know she need this? How do you know her whereabouts? How do you know how good she doing? That's not good either. I'm just saying. Shit's shit can go left real quick. And they've been they haven't been together for over a year now. And um and it's been okay. I feel like they were actually getting to a place where they were, you know, cool as just, you know, exes and friends and shit like that. But we obviously see that Issa has a really weird reaction to all of this. But it seems like they're kind of somewhat coping with the situation as a whole because of the success of the uh, of the kind of um, the mixer, the uh, fundraising mixer at her facility, which was a funny, which was a funny exchange and a funny moment. It just in it all, so many different funny jokes with it throughout that uh, by way of the TSA guy, by the way of T Natasha Rothwell's character, Kelly, by way of Ahmad. Um, Issa's brother <laughs> and Issa's tenant, I believe. I, I forgot her name. Um, oh, I forgot her name. What she's? I forgot her name. Anywho, I love. I, I enjoyed it, um, but I did think that the rift that they showed at the end of the episode with Issa and Molly was interesting. It was very telling. 
I think it's something to pay attention to because I think that is the start and the beginning of how they're going to ultimately rift again. And um, and then we have Molly, you know, just last thing before I start, you know, giving, letting it go to my panel. We have Molly who just really is just in this real interesting place because she keeps on. Um, it does seem like she's kind of trying to find issues with things. She's trying to throw out that Issa's trying to keep up messing her life when this is the pot calling the kettle black. But, you know, it is what it is. To me, I believe that Molly needs to gain some sense of awareness. I think she's showing some jealousy. I think Molly has a lot of issues. I do think, you know, people went hard on Molly in that first episode. To me, a lot of those ways were rightfully so. Second episode, I feel like she somewhat redeemed herself because she was somewhat perceptive when it came to Andrew and him being very guarded and um, just wanting to be, you know, have some type of deeper connection with him. To me, I'm seeing it in two ways. She could want this deeper connection, but she could also just want this man to commit to her because she knows that he's dating other people. And to get in that deeper connection, to understand, you know, possibly the why he won't commit to her and want and won't just only date her to that degree, to be that somewhat exclusive, is something that I think is going to continuously kind of eat at her and bother her. We really will never know what's in her head, though. And um, But it seems like Andrew is extremely patient with her, and it seems like based off of her, she's trying to echo that um, by giving him time and giving him space and giving him the, the floor to be able to express himself when he feels comfortable to. Um, and Lawrence is going to get himself in trouble. Do not meet up with your exes trying to tell them not to talk to your girl about you. That shit is not going to pan well. There's paper trail. There's something's going to come out. Somebody's going to figure something out. Just handle that shit with your girl and, and, and leave it be. It, don't go back to your ex to say none of that shit unless you really just have to, unless it's really just that necessary and the only way you can get it done. And if, the, and if you have to do that, your girl should know about it. That's just me. That's just what I'm going to say about that. But that is my little synopsis on both episodes because I believe they were just kind of one and the same. Both of them were very uh, low-energy episodes. Not too much was happening, but it seems like Issa has grown. I'm loving it. seems like this block party is not only going to be a thing, but it's going to be a great, dope thing. I hope that it's, you know, something that propels her up and pushes her to a whole new level. But let's let me let you know about the Questions, okay? So, I have a panel of eight individuals who I called on to assist me in answering five questions that I compiled about the very first episode. And I think, quite honestly, I think they go with the first two episodes of this season. And I would love, I would love, this is an early, early, early call of action within this episode for you all to answer some of these questions too. Just get at me, DM me your answers, DM, tweet me your answers at Kings underscore memoirs or at the Simply King pod. Let me know how you would answer these questions. Post them, share them, let it be known that you listened and you heard it here first. You ain't doing nothing. It's COVID-19. You ain't doing nothing. You're just sitting on the couch, just, you know, eating all your quarantine snacks. You ain't doing nothing. So fuck with it. But no, I'm stupid. Uh, the five questions that I have, um, and I'll continuously repeat them um, in the in-between, but the five questions that I have asked my virtual panel and the five questions that I asked them all to answer for me is um, in 30 seconds or less, describe your initial reactions to season four premiere. 
Two, being would you work with toxic best friend or let them go? Three, when you date, is exclusive exclusiveness in any way a requirement or defeats the purpose of being single slash dating? And I gave them an example. No other sexual partners or can't date anyone else while dating me. Um, then you have four being how territorial or possessive can we be of our exes? If there is a limit, explain why or why not. And then five being whose side are you on in this scenario of Molly and Issa? So let's jump right into it. Let's get right into it. We're going to start with four responses um, from the panel being um, the first voice that you're going to hear is from Bree Stories of the Away With Words podcast. Um, then you're going to hear Austin, who is uh, the director of social media of Gumbo Media, who's been on both of them have both been on the show before. Then you have Taylor Crenshaw, a creative in her own right, makes been making fire ass playlists for the people. Um, been making fire ass playlists for the people and um, has just is just all around dope person has been on the show uh, twice already. Make sure you check out some of her episodes. And then you have my sis Janice um, just of just management um, coming through at the end with her answer to that question. I'm going to get ahead, go ahead and give you to the get, get you those back to back and then jump back to me. All right. My first initial reaction of seeing season four premiere was excitement. I think that this is a really, really good topic to tackle as far as friends breaking up um, or the potential breakup of friends. And specifically, I really, really want to see growth out of Molly. She's been really stagnant in her development in all of these seasons. And I think that this is really going to shake it up in a way that she really genuinely needs. And I'm just excited to see it. I want to see her crash and burn so that there's nowhere to go but up. My initial reaction of season four is just like, we're back, we're in this. I feel like it, it really, like season three was really a, a, a lead up, a setup to this point. And we're here to show Issa's growth. We're here to show, you know, our friendship breaking down. I feel like we're we're here to talk about, you know, being adult and, and making the tough decisions and, and putting our best foot forward. I think it's all about, I think it's all about growth. And I just thought it was so funny and so raw and, and so live as usually as Issa does. So my initial reaction to the season premiere of Insecure season four was, this it? Like literally, this is what they made us wait a year for. Um, I love black entertainment, black television and series. But Issa, y'all, y'all could have came much harder. Y'all know we have been waiting for this. We were excited. So I just hope as the season progresses, that um, the content, the direction of the show gets a little bit better. I don't know what's going on here, but I need answers and I need answers today. I was totally thrown by the opening, totally thrown by the end. I don't know how they're setting this up, but I'm hoping at the 10th episode, we're not feeling the same way. Okay, okay. I truly, truly, truly thank all of y'all 
<laughs> I'm saying it like y'all t- talking to me now, like we're really on this panel. I'm gonna keep that energy. Um, I appreciate all the answers that they gave and provided, all the responses. Um, f- I feel like I've already given my response to this question, um, and certainly in way more than 30 uh, seconds, <laughs> I've given my whole spiel. So why don't we go to the next question? Uh, the next question being, would you work with the toxic best friend uh, or let them go? Um, did I skip that question? I feel like I didn't even say that. Anywho, that is the second question. And I have Katravia Squire, who was on a previous episode uh, as well, who's a filmmaker, photographer, uh, who I'm so glad that he's contributing as well. Then I have Anicia Jordan, an alum of Clark Lane University, a professional woman, and uh, somebody who Lily has been hosting virtual Zoom uh, insecure watch parties uh, since this thing has been, um, since, since the premiere has happened. And I appreciate her for uh, including me in that in any way, shape, or form. And I really wanted to include her into this panel to get her uh, reaction to all the things because Anicia has always just cut it straight and gave it to me with no chaser. And so I appreciate all of her feedback on all of the questions. And then lastly, uh, I have a person who's very dear to my heart. Uh, being my best friend, Jawanza, and his cousin, Tuesday. They've just now actually launched a, uh, a YouTube uh, channel and show called The Cuzzo Show. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. Make sure you go to their uh, page. I think his uh, Instagram Instagram is uh, kings underscore king dot Wanza. But I'll have everybody's uh, Instagram names um, in the description of this so you can go and follow everybody and keep up with all the things that they're doing. But... You're going to hear, every time you hear Jawanza, you're more than likely going to hear Tuesday, too. Uh, his cousin Tuesday, who's just incredible. And um, so, yeah. So, had to feature the fam. Yes. So, let's go ahead and hear what they had to say to that question number two. Would you work with a toxic best friend or let them go? Uh, so... What you work with, toxic friend, best friend, or let him go. Um, I would have to let him go. Um, I believe it gets to a point where, well, let me just say this. I think the discussion that we probably do need to have is knowing when to let go and realizing sometimes who you knew may not be who you know now. Um, people change over time, and that's not a bad thing. I think we grow, we drift apart sometimes um, because we become different people. And, you know, sometimes that could be a bad thing depending on the direction that the, um, you know, the people may change, but it's not always necessarily a bad thing. It's just simply you grow and drift apart. And I think you have to be mature enough to know when to let go at times. And um, it's hard, especially when it's a best friend, but anyone or anything that becomes toxic and especially you know to the point to where i feel like molly is becoming in my opinion uh but if it gets to a point where someone does become toxic in your life i think the smart thing to do is to let go for your mental health and for your life and for you to continue going on the road that you need to be on so yeah i i would let you go you gotta go (laughs) 
Um, I would say as far as keeping a toxic friend, for one, you have to define what toxic means to you, and two, you have to define what you're actually able to put up with. I feel like with Molly and Issa, they're good friends, but they both got their shit. Um, with Molly, especially anytime she's in a predicament where her life isn't going as she has planned, she takes it out on other people, and I feel like we all do that regardless if it's with our friendships, our intimate relationships, or families, like, sometimes we take our shit out on other people, but I don't think that makes her a bad friend or a toxic friend necessarily, but I feel like if that's a dynamic within your friendship that you have with someone, y'all should be able to have that conversation. Yes, you need to word it the right way so that person doesn't feel like you're attacking them or degrading them, but I feel like if y'all have a genuine friendship, you should be able to give each other that feedback. Okay, so mm. it all depends on what you describe a best friend to be. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, I don't believe you can have a toxic best friend. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they're toxic to your life, they shouldn't be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, So I guess my answer is no. And I, 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 believe, that, um, I believe that any friendship has worked. Period. Any relationship, Any relationship period. has work, period. Absolutely. So I believe that if somebody is your best friend, of course you're going to work with them. Yeah. And, and we're going to work out their toxicity. But yeah. we both most must definitely have an authentic relationship and yeah. an honest relationship yeah. so that those things can be worked on. Because I feel like a lot of times people in relationships, we never mention the toxicity that's going on until it too, it's too late. Yeah. And then... Toxic is a strong word. Yeah. So everyone, you know, no one is without fault. Oh, yeah. No one is perfect. without yeah, no one is perfect. No one is without bad habits. Mm-hmm. No one is without being a bad influence mm-hmm. to some extent. Now by the time you throw the word toxic on it, that's it's a clear like, indication yeah. that that's not somebody you rock with because you wouldn't call nobody you rock with toxic. toxic. Yeah. You know, so toxic means that you already feeling some type of yeah, way. Yeah, and then if you calling the person toxic and not calling their habit toxic. Or the relationship. Or the relationship or toxic. Yeah, the habit. The I habit, like what you said. Because you, we yeah. have to point out the issues in yeah. the relationship and call that toxic. Yeah. As soon as you call a whole person toxic friend that's not your friend <laughs> that's not your friend yeah that's not your yeah, friend yeah, yeah. you all got hope <laughs> absolutely by the time you label it toxic i feel like you already have your answer yeah you have yeah. your answer <laughs> okay um you know what i'm so glad that uh <laughs> i saved <laughs> juan's in tuesday for last because they definitely gave a pretty interesting uh perspective on it and i think they really just gave a word because if you get to the point to where you literally are considering to call this person and not their behavior toxic um then it's past you it's it's beyond you it's nothing that you can do because you already have stamped down this uh judgment onto their character so you already have started to detach yourself from them um and so that's a good perspective i think for me in um, the context of the show i think uh at least for me, I, I believe I'm pretty good about confronting my friends about issues that I see within our relationships. Uh, if there is an issue, I think I'm pretty good about, and I think I, I didn't realize this until earlier this year, and that is the people that I'm who I'm closest to and who are around me feel like freedom, and I want that to continuously be a standard 
when it comes to my friendships, for me to be around you and be able to be myself, for me to be able to, to freely express, for me to be able to express uh, what I feel about you and vice versa, um, and just to get that honesty and that reciprocity in terms of this friendship that we have, um, because that's the, only, that's the only place I can really feel comfortable in at least for me. And if, if it feels like you're starting to cause harm to yourself that you don't want to do anything about, cause harm to others, um, or just have this very negative uh, cloud over you that you don't seem to do anything about, that you actually are feeding into it instead of doing anything about it, then I'm going to have to let you go. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, try to figure out another way and cut this thing on off because people do grow apart. It is possible. Um, but I think if I get to that point, that means, you know, how close were we were, how close were we anyway, which is, I think the point that Juwan's and Tuesday were making. Then we have a uh, question number three being, uh, when you date is exclusiveness in any way, a requirement, or does it defeat the purpose of being single and dating? Um, with this, I brought back um, Anicia uh, to answer and contribute to this. Then I have Bree Stories giving us another tidbit and her opinion on this. And then Juwan's in Tuesday yet again to wrap it up on this question. Let's get into it. As far as dating um, to be exclusive, I think it depends on what your intentions are. If you know that you're dating to be exclusive with somebody, I definitely feel like that conversation needs to be had. Um, you can't just assume that somebody's going to understand or know what you're looking for as far as dating if you don't actually explain that. Now, it's one thing if you explain it to somebody that, hey, I'm looking to be exclusive and they stick around just to get to know you and to build or you know they stick around just to see if they can finesse you into getting what they want out of you um or even if you're just dating just to have fun and just to see what's out there I think either way it goes you have to say that like you can't just assume somebody knows what you want unless you tell them like granted yeah y'all may have good chemistry y'all may vibe but that doesn't necessarily mean that person is looking for the same thing that you want um so i know me personally i've taken the initiative to make sure that i make it known about what i'm looking for when it comes to dating not saying that I'm trying to rush into anything, but definitely when it comes to my dating life, I let the expectation be known. Now, if he want to stick around, that's cool. If he don't, hey, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, but I feel like with dating in general, like you have to be patient. Like you can't expect things to turn around within the first 48 hours of meeting somebody or after the first 48 hours of your first date or even your fourth date, you know? I think everything is going to be different depending on the people, the situation, the circumstances. But I feel like if you're dating to be exclusive, then you don't need to date with the intentions of, okay, if this guy is telling me that he just wants to have fun, then I'm going to go along with it. Like, no, if you want to date to be exclusive with somebody, then you need to make sure that you carry yourself in that way. Or even if you're just dating to have fun, make sure that you don't get caught up in a situation where, you're being in a committed relationship and that's not truly what you want.
When dating, I do not believe that exclusivity should be a requirement because it kind of defeats the purpose of dating. It doesn't really make any sense. While you're dating, you should be figuring out whether or not the people that you are dating are worth exclusivity. If you make exclusivity a, a blanket requirement, then you're going to end up being exclusive to people that you don't even need to be exclusive with. That doesn't really make sense. Um, I think that all, all of that should be case by case. Um, I definitely think that it is fair when you're dating someone on a certain level to express to them that you want exclusivity, maybe sexually, um, just out of safety. But again, that's not something that should be required. And that's something that should be talked about and shared with that person in a, in a real way and not just an expectation that you place upon them. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Because you married. She married friend. This is this is Tuesday (laughs) and Juwanza, aka Wanza from the Cuzzo Show. The Cuzzo Show. And um T H A. Yes. (laughs) But we I think we I mean, yeah. Like when I'm when I'm dating somebody or if I'm trying to date somebody, I think it's discussed when it's exclusive or not. And I feel like maturity has the discussion versus running away from the discussion because it's like, you know, every, every time somebody says, well, what are we doing? There is just kind of like mm-hmm. people will say, well, well, that's weird. It's just like, mm-hmm. no, it's not like, let's no. be, let's be intentional. intentional about what we're doing. Absolutely. So I feel like even just starting off when you're going on a date and stuff like that, of course you're not, Send up who I don't know who is sitting up saying I'm dating you exclusively on your first date, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't know if dating, mm-hmm. yeah, like so. Like, I feel like just being clear, no, I'm not dating somebody exclusively, um, my first date or my no. second date or my third yeah. date for, for that matter, yeah. Like, I'm dating you exclusively when we have that conversation that, hey, can we be exclusive? Yeah. Well, I think that in any relationship that is expected to have longevity, yes, it is a requirement at some point. Mm -hmm. I feel like the art and the beauty of dating is that you're just like getting to know somebody. Mm -hmm. You're you're trying to see what's going on. You're trying to realize because I feel like a an excuse an exclusive relationship that is serious that mm-hmm. leads into marriage is one where both parties can accept the other's idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. So you don't even know what they idiosyncrasies is, are the in the beginning. Day. I remember I used to say all the time, I don't want to marry nobody until I have seen them the maddest that they have mm-hmm. that they will ever get. You know, and and being with my husband for so long. He know how crazy I am. I know how crazy Mm -hmm. he is. And so I do think I am against the, I'm against the idea of all of this just casual doing shit for no reason. Mm -hmm. I'm against that. I do with no intention. I I feel like you can have intention Mm -hmm. and still not be ready to commit to a person Mm -hmm. fully. So you can say, okay, so what are you, what are your, what are you trying to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to find my queen mm-hmm. or I'm ready to find my king. But that doesn't mean that that's what you're going to do yeah, right now. Right now that just day. means that 
you know, if you stick with me, if we're compatible, I'm ready for yeah. that step. You know, yeah, there was so, chemistry. Yes, when we was just talking, um, in the line out there. Right. So I just wanted to know, um, if this chemistry could go any further. Are you looking for are that? You, are you lo- Are you looking for that? Yes. Yeah. Because it's it kind of goes back to what we were speaking about on last week's episode of the Cuzzo uh-huh. Show about telling people where you're at with right, everything right and how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's not putting a gun to somebody's head to say, you know what, I really like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like you. I'm ready for something real. Um, because then if that scares someone that's not ready for something mm-hmm. real, they can move around. Yeah. But that's not meaning like put a ring on my finger today. That's yeah. just mean, meaning like I've played all the games I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've Netflix and chilled Enough. as much as I'm going to Netflix and chill. Like it's not that casual mm-hmm. with me. It's not going to be that casual with me. Yeah. So I think just being straight up. And so I guess to answer the question, yes, it is a requirement if that's what you're ready for. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, I think you can't be, uh, honestly, you can't be this, you can't be exclusive and date at the same time to me. I believe that you, um, until you are, until that's an agreed upon thing, cause people do create those kind of intermediate situations before they call themselves something. Some people don't even believe in titles, all these various things to where they can be in an exclusive situation, even if they aren't quote unquote officially something. Um, if, that, if none of those things have happened, either being that conversation or that arrangement, that agreement, uh, that discussion of sorts, then exclusiveness is out the door. It's out the window. Um, and you have different people who have different perspectives on, you know, in terms of exclusiveness in every way of um, in terms of um, when it comes to sex, when it comes to um, just who you're spending time with and the types of things that you're doing. And I think all of those things should be, you know, kind of an agreed upon thing on the two people. Uh, If you're a person who doesn't believe you should, you know, that you want to have multiple partners at one time, that you may not align with another person. Um, I'm a firm believer that you are single the whole time. Um, And until you're not, (laughs) you're single until you're not. And I think um, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people kind of, you know, muddle those lines in terms of that concept. And I personally don't understand it. I don't think you can really hold that over people for essentially being single um, unless they giving you some other impression that y'all are more than that. Then I, I get understand the, the grievance, you know. But then we have question number four. And question number four is how territorial possessive can we be of our exes? If there is a limit, explain why or why not. And on this one, I brought back Austin to answer. Brought back my sister Janice, Taylor, and Key Travis to wrap it up. Let's see what they had to say. I feel like you can't necessarily be territorial with your exes. I think you can only have territories on the boundaries that you set with them. Similar to Issa when she was like, hey, Nathan can't come to the party. You know, it's like I'm I set boundaries for how I want to deal with you in my life. Um, I think if you're upfront and honest about, you know, those things like Issa did in that moment, then, you know, shouldn't be no problems. It depends on the time. It depends on the, the, the way it happened with the time. 
but eventually like that person is no longer in your life they're no longer associated with you and you just gotta let it go you know but for the most part if it just happened and we've been together for five years like you said Lawrence I'm I'm gonna feel a little bit of a way okay but there is a limit I believe we shouldn't be territorial or possessive when it comes to our exes um especially if you were the one to let that ex go you can't block somebody else's blessing just because that person wasn't a blessing to you um i feel like once i depart from an ex i have nothing left to give or say i don't have an input on who you date next it could be my roommate from college it's just not my business um i wouldn't respect it of course but me trying to control the situation is going to do nothing but drive me crazy and i'm all about protecting my peace so yeah and personally i feel like if you feel the need to still be possessive or territorial of an ex um you're not over that ex and you two may need to have a conversation because that's not healthy um for you to still be focused on somebody that you're supposed to be moving forward from so yeah you, you schedule a therapy session and get that in order because yeah you shouldn't be that way <laughs> because it's a very thin line between wanting the best for someone and controlling their next move or sticking around just to see what their next move is so just wanted to put that out there be very mindful of that um i think for me i've never been in this scenario to in close quarters um in terms of where there's somebody i know who is a no to a personal level i guess to that personal of a level is dating uh someone that i've been with um but I think um, me knowing myself well enough to know how my level of possession, I think my level of possession is truly captured within the relationship. I think I definitely have the ability to, you know, have the emotion of jealousy and the emotion of, you know, to feel like you are, you know, you're my girl. And, you know, I claim you. And I think there is um, some some endearing qualities to that. Um, but I also think that should be managed as well because I think we don't own people. We just don't. And um, we can't be that territorial about who can be around them either because they are still people and they choose to do what they want to do. And we got to give people the freedom to do that because, um, yeah, it's going to tell you a lot more about the situation. And um, I know for me, I'm a believer in testing uh, testing trust. So uh, in testing, uh, testing out certain things because I'd rather you tell me who you are instead of me have to find out who you are. You get what I'm saying? That's just me though. Um, but for me, I couldn't be, I, I haven't been in this situation, but I know for a fact that uh, at least thinking about the situation that Issa is in, I wouldn't let anything get in the way of what I'm trying to do for my own career and, my, and advancing myself personally, creatively and whatever that is. I don't think that would stop me at all. Um, I can certainly see if it was some guy who I am you know, trying to work with uh, because of podcasting or something like that, and I find out they're with uh, an ex of mine, I don't think I really would trip too much. I would keep it business, and um, and if we just so happen to hit it off in some type of platonic way, then um, there will be some sense of boundaries created with that, and I'll move and move accordingly to what I'm comfortable with because I don't know if how deep I would allow that to go, um, depending on... But, but I know it's different strokes for different folks. I know some people... Uh, it's like if you're, this person was really deep and really uh, around in your life a lot, they expect you to be way more territorial. Um, and I think 
it's hard for me to see that unless it is a personal friend for me to like want to say that or want to feel that way. But I think there is a limit. I think I can't be like that forever. Even with people I'm close with, honestly, I can't see myself. If this was somebody I was with in high school, I can't be blocking some of my best friends or whoever from dating her if it's kind of been so long and so much has passed and I've had so many different other relationships. Maybe that's just me. Some other folks probably would not, would not have that shit. If they've been with you, then they're off limits for life. That's not my steez, but, you know, to each his own. Then you have the last question, and we're wrapping this thing on up. The last question I had brought in everybody. Brought in everybody. I wanted to know what everybody thought. And I wanted everyone to answer this question, and that is, whose side are you on in this scenario of Molly and Issa? And we're starting off with Kiana Alicia, someone who has been on the podcast before. She's so dope. She's great. A Chicago native, um, a um, founder of Etcetera Social, as well as just a dope-ass um, socialite of sorts uh, within the Chicago uh but just in the Chicago creative scene and just media scene as a whole. Um, and she also featured on the episode of the Simply King podcast called Free Game. Um, make sure you check that out, which is about dating and just kind of dating and um, dating culture and relationship culture and just all that type of stuff. Um, it, but she's, she's great. She's wonderful. That's the first voice that you're going to hear. Then you're going to hear Juwan's in Tuesday. Give us their take. Then Janice. Then Bree Stories. Then Taylor Crenshaw, then Anicia Jordan, then my boy Ketravia Squire, and we're gonna wrap it up with my boy Austin and Austin Sellers, and um, and yeah, that's what it is. Let's see what they had to say. What's up? It's Kiana Alicia. Um, Whose side am I on in the scenario, Molly or Issa? I have to say that I'm irritated by both of them um, just because it's season four and they still don't got their shit together. So it's a little draining. But I am, for the first time, Team Issa. Um, I just think Molly is a hater. And it's crazy because she's supposed to be this person who is so successful, um, but she's hating on someone who doesn't have anything and has the audacity to tell Issa that she likes mess. No, Molly, you like mess and you can't figure your shit out. So I don't know. I'm just team Issa. Um, at this point, they can throw Molly away, her and her bad wigs. I don't even want to answer this. I think every. I think yeah. we gotta let it play out. We gotta some play more. it. Let it we play gonna out. We gonna check out episode two, two today. And check out what they. Um, yeah, what but doing. but I will say that in everything that we have seen thus far, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in the way that Molly is acting. I am I'm now. Not, yeah, not to side with somebody. Not to side. It's just like you know what I'm saying because it's not a thing yet. It's I not mean, a thing yet. Yeah. And then on top of that, I'm for them to flourish. Like, that's who I, like, mm-hmm. you know, I watched them for four seasons, well, three seasons, yeah. and now we on the fourth season. Yeah. I'm for the friendship the to friendship, flourish. The friendship, okay. You I'm for, I'm for the individuals to flourish, because if not, mm-hmm. they're going to continue to do what they're doing now they, and have doing. done in the mm. past. And so I'm for both of them to grow up in a way where this will not continuously happen, mm-hmm. because it's toxic. And I think, I think, well, that's what I mean, and yeah. I believe... 
in their friendship flourishing, both of them individually will have to grow up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's and that's what I and I think yeah. that's what I really what I what I would agree with. Like I want I want Molly and Issa. Like I can't side with with either or the two. Now I can call Molly off and say like, yo, that was yeah. wrong for you to yes. say that. Because Issa or might do that some wasn't wrong accurate. shit in this episode. Yeah, because yeah. Issa be doing some some crazy, some weirdo sometimes, stuff. Sometimes, yeah. She has. Sometimes. And we have grew, we, I feel like we are team Issa regardless because she's the protagonist of the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes <laughs> a lot of the stuff that she says, you be kind of like, nah, Issa. Yeah. I've been on, I've been, I've been on Molly's I've leaned towards Molly mm-hmm. before, and I've also leaned towards Issa. Based on what's, oh, excuse, <coughs> I got some in my throat. Um, mm-hmm. based on what's going on right now, <laughs> um, it's just getting dry. <laughs> um, water. Yeah, I'm gonna get some. Mm-hmm. Based on what's going on right now, um, I'm disappointed in Molly's mm-hmm. actions. So I guess we'll have to watch it play out, mm-hmm. and I guess you'll see the answer to that question if you keep watching the Kenzo show. For sure. Love y'all. Peace. Honestly, I'm on Issa's side because Molly Wallen, I don't know what's really going on here, but I need them to fix it today. Like she needs to do some self-reflecting as soon as possible. I'm not really picking sides between Molly and Issa. I think that um, everybody is on a path and on a journey that is very specific to them and to the things that they need. I don't think that Molly is wrong. I, I say that I say that with a uh, I just cringed a little bit because it's like she's wrong, but I think that it is a part of the process. I don't think that it's a right or wrong in a sense of like she did something bad and she's a bad person and, and Issa is is queen in this in this particular scenario. I think that she's going through something that she's just going to have to get out of on her own, unfortunately, as we saw Issa's probably not going to fuck with her for too much longer. But I don't think that it's a matter of right, and, right or wrong or um, someone being better than the other. I just think that they're on different paths right now and that is going to push them apart whether they like it or not. And I think that that ultimately will be for the best. In this scenario, I'm definitely on Issa's side. Um, This premiere episode really showed Molly's true colors, which I am not a fan of at this moment. You can't sit there and tell your best friend that I'm trying to hold you accountable when you can't even hold your own self accountable um, and control the actions that you're projecting on other people. So I feel like that's exactly what she was doing. She was projecting her pain onto Issa during that last conversation on the episode. And yeah, I just couldn't respect it. So I'm definitely with Issa. I love where her mindset is these days. I love how she's maturing and I'm happy how she's handled that situation. Um, in that conversation with Molly because it could have went left but she kind of just took it and you can tell she's going to digest it so I'm excited to see what else comes from this season and I hope it's better honestly because this was a little dry to be the premiere season um premiere episode I think as far as the Molly and Issa situation um I wouldn't say I'm on any side. I feel like a lot of times Issa takes the punches of Molly because Molly has the image of having her shit together when honestly she doesn't. Um, And I feel like Issa honestly needs to confront Molly, you know, not in a harsh or hostile way, but she need to let her know like, hey, like I've noticed like anytime you got some stuff going on with you, you automatically take jabs at my low points or at certain things in my life that I'm working on or certain things that I made mistakes on. Um, 
I feel like, yes, Molly is a good friend where she puts her foot down with Issa when Issa needs to get back on track. But I don't like how Molly conducts herself in a way where she makes it seem like everybody else is a fuck up except for her. Um, so in this situation, as far as the first episode, I don't think I can be on either side. Um, I'm definitely not on Molly's side, but as far as Issa, I feel like Issa really needs to step up to Molly and really let her know, like, damn, bitch, like, you supposed to be my best friend, and you keep coming at me like I did something to you. Like, you know, I understand I messed up, I understand I do certain things, but your life just as fucked up as mine. Like, we both trying to figure it out, we both trying to get it together, so... That needs to be addressed. So I don't think I could really take a side because, for one, Molly is in the wrong regardless. But as far as Issa, I feel like Issa keeps taking the punches when she really doesn't have to. No, honestly, as you may have got from my hint earlier, um, I think it takes a lot of maturity to be able to work with someone that is dating your ex. Um think the younger me would have sided with molly but the older me i definitely or the current version of me i should say um definitely sees Issa's point of view um you know i i don't think there's a reason to stop a work relationship with someone that is beneficial to you and helping you grow where you want to be within your aspirations and where you want to take you know your dreams as well um again kind of goes back to the territorial possessive side of it you have to be willing to let go of that relationship which obviously i don't think she is of course i do think they're going to end up back together in the end game i hope so at least uh but that plays a lot into it as well she you got to be willing to let that past relationship go and focus on just y'all's friendship so I'm on the side of Issa. I think Molly has a tendency of taking her pain out on other people, and I don't think that's fair. I think she's been doing that to Issa for so long in this show. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to get to that point where, you know, the friction's going to hit, and, you know, we're going to see, you know, the friendship crumple a little bit this time around. So, yeah, uh, Team Issa on this one. I feel like... I'm not necessarily on anybody's side at the moment. At, right now, I, I do feel like Molly is is putting positioning herself to be the villain. Um, but I'm curious to see what accountability looks like, what Issa's sort of accountability looks like in the situation. Um, but I at the at right now it looks like the narrative that Molly is the villain and Molly should be the one that you know everybody is sort of against. For me, for me, the then this is how we can wrap this thing on up. This dope ass special delivery. I appreciate everybody, everybody's responses on this, everybody's involvement on this. This was a new um, format that I wanted to try, and I'm so glad the people who are involved uh, contributed in a timely manner, giving me their takes and such. Um, I really appreciate this, and if you enjoyed this format, let me know. But my take on this question, this last question, is I'm really on Issa's side. If you couldn't tell in my uh, synopsis at the beginning of this episode, I just believe that she has grown more, and I gotta go with her. You know, I gotta. I believe that the way that Molly has been presenting herself is one what is a way that I feel like it looks like stagnation. It looks like she's not really moving the needle in any way 
in terms of where she could be in herself. And I think only only thing that's going to happen is really her uh, really hitting rock bottom more than anything to have no other way to go but up and make major changes. That's what I really see coming in this season. And especially it being that you lose one of your best friends or your best friends is you and your best friends are at odds. I can only imagine that being a, a jolt to the system to uh, get your shit together. But um, but yeah, I'm on Issa's side. And um, I'm on Issa's side. I was Team Lawrence at the beginning of the first episode because it just seems like bro is just kind of, re- he's really flourishing. He's really doing well. Meaning, you know, this woman who is extremely established, him being good, him planning trips out and being romantic. It seems like he's grown in certain ways as well as a man, as a partner, um, and so on and so forth. He still is showing, you know, some sense of um, some terrible judgment at moments, uh, obviously in episode two, um, some sense of uh, pride and ego. Uh, as well as in episode two, finding out that they talk about each other type of thing. Um, and hopefully he doesn't, you know, fuck it up with Condola. But we, you know, I, 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 my theory is that, that Issa and Lawrence going to end up back together. Who the fuck knows? Um, but, yeah, that's my take. That's my thing. Um, can't wait for next week's episode. We've already gotten a good, cool, quick sneak peek into next week's episode, which was crazy they didn't give us a sneak peek of this uh, the second episode, which I thought was kind of peculiar, which is why I think that could have been all one. But, you know, I don't know. Anywho, it seems like they're jumping um, from month to month. That was the one thing that I noticed in the sneak peek because it's Halloween and it's episode two and it's going to be a Friendsgiving happening. So it's got to be around Thanksgiving when this this second episode occurs. And um, shit shit is going. Shit is happening. And um, and I think it's going to be a pretty interesting episode overall. All right. And I'm really excited for the rest of the season. I'm really excited to continuously listen to some of these soundtracks, hear some new music, hear just how they put things together. Shout out to the whole, shout out to their whole team because this show is just fucking incredible. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, If you don't know, now you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available. On SoundCloud, on Google Play, or Google Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Make sure you go like, subscribe, follow, and um, and share with all your peoples. This is family size content, as I keep telling y'all. Y'all gotta share this. This is the big. This is the big jug. This is the big bag. You feel me? Get into it. Get into it, and give it and give some to somebody else. All right. This is. Uh, also, also make sure you um, follow the uh, podcast at the Simply King Pod on IG. Follow me at Kings underscore memoirs everywhere. Um, and yeah, this is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans Simply Being Humans. Uh, I'm Rodney Perry, and this is Simply King. Peace. And for- I go my own way, you go your own way, I hope we can make a way, these kind of things fade away, I got my own way, you got your own way, they seem to be far away, farther than rock away, wasn't even fighting on the day to day, wasn't even tired so to take a break, wasn't on the menu but was on the plate, I ain't it in a I ain't like the taste, nasty.